The following episode was recorded in November 2020, before there were approved COVID-19 vaccines. It was really tough for a lot of us. We couldn't see our families. We had to socially distance from our friends outside of medicine. So having a strong community in the residency program made work feel like not work. We did the work, but we also provided each other with company and the pandemic made us stronger. Welcome to this special coronavirus follow-up episode of A Resident's Journey. When we began this series of conversations with Dr. Anne Vachaparambal, she was a first-year Einstein Medical Center intern. At the time of this chat, two years later, Dr. Vachaparambal was fully immersed in the challenges of the pandemic. How are you doing overall, first of all? I'm doing good. I am in the first three months of my last year of residency, which is crazy. It's my third year already. And what a year it turned out to be, with you now on the front line in this battle against the coronavirus. Are you scared every day, more nervous or anxious than usual? I feel like a lot of my family members and friends that are not in medicine were seeing things on the TV and seeing statistics and not really seeing what it is. I think for me personally, being able to see the patients come in and help take care of them firsthand helped me get through the pandemic personally, just because I feel like for me, knowledge makes me more comfortable than the unknown. Asking about that from the other direction, with the policies and practices instituted by Einstein and Dr. Glenn Iger, the program director of the General Medicine Residency Program, Do you feel protected? With this pandemic going in, everyone was in a state of panic, but I really felt like the program stepped in and made sure that we didn't go into that same panic mode as everyone else seemed to be going into. Especially Dr. Iger took a lot of initiative in setting up pretty much like fireside chats like FDR where he would call us once to two times every day at the same time and just have a powwow with everyone in the residency program where we could air any concerns and he could answer any questions that we had. I found it very helpful, especially in the beginning when I was in an inpatient rotation that was a little bit more isolated from some of the other services. And it was such a breath of fresh air to be able to log in every day at 4 p.m. and hear Dr. Iger just hang out with us. And just being there for us made me feel like the program had my back and the hospital had my back. So he would do a call that was accessible by all of the residents at once. Could you all participate in the discussion or was it just basically him talking to you? It would be a Zoom meeting and it would usually be him giving us relevant updates that were hospital-wide, nationwide. And then also sometimes he'd have a guest speaker, a psychiatrist to give us mental health tips and He would interject his bits of fun to keep things entertaining and keep our spirits up. And we would, in turn, be able to talk things out, and he would ask us questions, how things were going, and people would just be able to vent if they needed to or raise concerns if they needed to, and they would usually be addressed in some way. Were you tested regularly, and how did that change as the pandemic progressed? 
If we were concerned that we had been exposed or that we were having symptoms, we would be given a specific place to go. We would notify a chief and the chief would set up a location that we could go to to get tested and kick in the backup Jeopardy to come and cover us and make sure that we didn't come into work so that we didn't expose other people. So there's this whole process that was established pretty early on when we did feel the need to get tested. But if we didn't have a concern, we wouldn't be tested. Have you and your co-workers had to make preparations in case you become sick? In a way... We were cautioned on being very careful with our own health and avoiding any kind of possible exposures. We had pretty strict travel restrictions. And then as soon as someone was sick or concerned to be sick, it was an unwritten rule that we would completely accommodate them to get tested or to quarantine as appropriate. So that made it easier to be honest with ourselves when we were concerned that we had an infection or we were getting sick or something like that. What about your experiences with PPE? I do have experience, a lot of experience with the PPE shortage, especially as the pandemic hit its maximum point of impact. We did have to start rationing out our N95 masks and even surgical masks. And it's crazy to think that six months before the pandemic, we would be disposing of N95 masks. And then now we store them, we keep them. It's gotten better to the point where we're rotating them. So we're not wearing the same one every day, but it's still a very real hurdle that we have to encounter and deal with every day. We even went the other end and started to become innovative with how we were able to obtain PPE. I know at one point we were 3D printing face shields to make sure that everyone had them. So that was a fun turn that the hospital took to make sure that we had what we needed. It was very cool and also just very helpful. Einstein just was very lucky in that we were able to have the necessary supply that we needed to keep going. But that concern that we wouldn't have enough was definitely there. How does all that equipment affect your care for the patients and your dealings with the patients? It's hard because it was a lot easier before the pandemic to connect with patients and to explain things to patients and make patients feel comfortable. And then when you had patients who had families that were concerned and families that were involved, it was easier when they were at bedside and they could see their family member connected to a ventilator or not doing well. And they could more easily make the decision to change their code status or make them comfort care. It's more difficult when the family member is over the phone and you're trying to articulate the patient's condition and the family member doesn't quite understand and even want to believe you because they can't see their family member. So it's, it's been difficult in terms of that to provide care for patients. Because COVID restrictions have become such an issue, what's your personal reaction to people who, for example, refuse to wear masks or distance socially? It can be very frustrating. It can feel like the work that we're doing in the hospital is, in a way, going to waste or maybe even disrespected because it's almost as if 
people are refusing to believe that the virus is real and the possibility of infection is real. So it's just very frustrating. How would you say your bedside manner changed or did it during the pandemic? Bedside manner became definitely more difficult. I did not realize how reliant I was on establishing a rapport with the patient through my facial expressions and tone of voice. When you have an N95 mask on and you're talking to a patient at the bedside and there's ambient noise and the patient might not be in the best state to hear you as well, it's difficult to convey the nuances that show that you care and show that you're listening and communicate effectively with the patient. So a lot of times I found myself shouting. So I had to be a lot more conscious of the specific words I was using and the specific things I was saying to show the patient that I cared and explain things to the patient. And then on the other side, when you were dealing with critical care patients, those patients weren't always even conscious because a lot of them would be intubated and sedated. So you were communicating with the families. I think that was a great opportunity to establish rapport because I got into the habit of updating families every day and developing a more substantial relationship with them than I had before the pandemic so that they felt that their family member who they weren't seeing, who they couldn't see in the hospital because of the COVID pandemic restrictions with visitation, that they were being taken care of and they were feeling like they were following along the course of the hospital stay. So it just became a different way of communicating with patients and their families. Yeah. Do you think there's anything that you would not have learned if the pandemic hadn't come along? I think managing a lot of critical patients and knowing when to make the call in terms of intubating patients or upgrading their care, increasing their oxygen supplementation, that kind of decision-making ability, I feel like I wouldn't have developed as much if this pandemic hadn't happened. So I, I, I feel very lucky that I was able to gain that skill in a training setting and not have to develop that after residency. I imagine that you've seen more deaths since the pandemic hit. I know it's always difficult to deal with that, but do you feel that this is becoming part of your learning experience? I think in addition to knowing when to make the call to intubate patients and upgrade their care, I think palliative care has become a real stronghold in taking care of these patients. We have a really good consult service through palliative care at Einstein. We have two really great attendings that are really accessible to come and help out with palliative care discussions with families and help if there's any difficulties in bridging gaps in family knowledge about what palliative care is. Also, during the pandemic, a lot of residents got assigned to rotate through the palliative care service. And I think the reason for that was because program leadership identified that that was going to be a really important part in this pandemic due to the severity of the disease and how quickly it could progress and how severe it could get. And I think that because they're so present in our patient care, residents have gained a lot of secondhand knowledge from them in terms of how to approach these patients, how to have the difficult conversations with family members or the patient themselves. I recently in the ICU had a patient who during the hospital course, eventually 
did come to the point where palliative care was very appropriate and withdrawal of care was very appropriate. And having palliative care on board early on was really helpful because when it did end up coming to making that decision, that relationship had already been established with palliative care and the family's questions had been answered early on. Have your relationships with your co-workers changed any because of the pandemic? I know that one of the reasons you chose Einstein is the spirit of community that was demonstrated when you were making applications. Has any of that changed? I think that the pandemic made us stronger. It was really tough for a lot of us. We couldn't see our families. We had to socially distance from our friends outside of medicine. So having a strong community in the residency program made work feel like not work. It made work feel like a safe haven. We took care of patients and we did the work, but we also provided each other with a space to vent and company and not feeling alone during a pandemic like we could have if we didn't have that kind of relationship with each other. What COVID-related advice do you find yourself giving to the new crop of interns There were a handful of the interns that were scared of seeing COVID patients. So I think a little bit of it was reiterating to them that this is just a very real part of our profession now and giving them the appropriate tools to make them feel safe, making sure they knew where they could get masks and face shields and goggles and gowns and everything that they needed to feel like they were protected from these patients. And then the other part is helping them understand the importance of examining these patients, keeping an eye on these patients because of how unpredictable their hospital course could be, and then bringing them up to date with the literature just because medical school obviously didn't have a chapter on the COVID pandemic. So bringing them up to date on what we know so that they're starting off from where we're starting off. The whole world is learning about COVID-19 day by day as we go through this pandemic. How did they address with the residents what was being learned about the disease as it happened? We have our morning report and noon conference, and so we never really lost track of our educational experience. Dr. Iger and our chief residents made sure that our education continued without interruption. So as soon as research started coming out about the latest drugs and the evidence against certain things that we were doing, that would be communicated through us through our education. We would have our morning reports where the chief residents would help residents prepare topics that were COVID-related so that we were learning actively about the pandemic as it was going on. So we stayed on top of the new information that was coming in, which was great. I suppose that made the learning on the job that is a residency program much more intense through all of this, was it? Yeah, it took on a whole new light because sometimes when you learn things in a conference or a morning report or a morning conference, like, oh, okay, that's like a piece of trivia that'll be useful on my boards, or maybe I'll see a patient like that in clinic at some point. But When you're learning about something that's actively going on and patients are coming in, you are very much paying attention more than ever because you could be implementing what you're learning hours from learning it. Now, life has changed for 
everybody since you originally did this series when you were just a new intern yourself, but is there something significant you can tell us about how your life has changed from before the pandemic? I think the pandemic made me a little bit tougher and not as scared because the whole nation went through this mental change where you never know what's going to happen. This infection is insidious and scary and life is short and you should just not be scared of anything. So I think that made me feel a little bit more confident and appreciative of every day that I have and every moment that I have and look at work in a new sense that it's a privilege to be able to take care of people and be healthy enough to help other people. It's made me appreciate and enjoy my life more because I know how it could be taken away or it could change. Everybody's going through distress and fatigue with all of this. It's gone on for so long and we don't know how much longer it will go. What kind of emotional support have you actually gotten to help you with that? It's the little things. So the things that the chiefs and our program director and the hospital in general have focused on are the little things that do actually make a difference in how you feel supported. So our program reached out to a lot of restaurants and were able to get a lot of food donations. A lot of really great restaurants gave us their support, catered lunches and even catered dinners for the night float team. And then another thing that the program found out was our concern about bringing the virus home to our loved ones. So they were able to arrange for us to get surgical scrubs that we could use every day and dispose of at the end of the day to get cleaned. It's those little things that you really do keep going because of. Were there changes made in the residency program itself as a result of the pandemic that you can tell us about? One part was education. So they quickly transitioned from in-person conferences to Zoom conferences for morning report and noon conference. And then the topics of those conferences were very quickly changed to COVID-specific topics so that we could stay on top of the literature. And then in scheduling, we would have our schedule in such a way that we would have certain days off, completely off, and then come back to the hospital to do other shifts. And I think the reason for that partially was to help prevent any fatigue that we could have from the pandemic. On the other end, our schedule was made in such a way that if There was an unforeseen circumstance, like we did test positive for COVID and had to be quarantined. We still were able to be engaged in training through telehealth. And so we would have assignments to like the telehealth clinic. So I think both in having time off to make sure that we avoided fatigue, but also making sure that we did get isolated when we did get into those circumstances where we couldn't come into work. Both ends were very important and helped keep us sane and going during the pandemic. Regular happy hours. Tell me about that. Pretty much from starting around April, every week, pretty much the bulk of the pandemic, we would have every Saturday, 5 p.m., everyone would get onto a Zoom call in the program, including like faculty members and chiefs and every resident. And we would like have drinks together and kind of just like hang out, which was fun, especially because you weren't really seeing family and friends as much as before. And so it could have 
gotten pretty lonely, but honestly, it didn't get that way because of things like that. It doesn't feel like you're hanging out with work colleagues. It feels like you're just seeing your family members, which is nice. Do you find yourself still able to be good to yourself? How do you accomplish that? I've tried to maintain the things that make me happy outside of work. I like to read a lot of books, painting and watching TV and catching up with friends. I carve out a good amount of time at least once a week to make sure I do one thing that makes me really happy. Just because if I don't, work becomes a lot harder for some reason. Has this experience you're going through made you change any of your thinking about your future in medicine? Not necessarily whether or not to be in medicine, but an approach or a specialty or anything like that? Going into residency, I had a pretty good idea that I I wanted to be a hospitalist. The pandemic reinforced that that's really, really what I want to do. I like seeing the full breadth of medicine and even some of the hospitalists don't intubate patients and they don't see the more critical aspects of patient care, but they see the patient when they come in and they do a lot of work in the beginning to take care of the patients and hopefully prevent them from going down that road. So I think I've become a lot more confident in my choice to be a hospitalist after all of this. Well, that's all the questions I had written down, but we're still recording. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? As bad as the pandemic was, we can either look at it as this negative thing that's happened, or we can take it for what it is, which is a lesson for us to become better doctors. And I'm really grateful that I was at Einstein when the pandemic hit and I was in training because I think I got the most out of this by being there. Well, Anne, as always, it has been an extreme pleasure to chat with you again. Thank you for taking the time. And of course, thank you for your service. A healthcare hero. Be sure to subscribe to A Resident's Journey wherever you get your podcasts or check back at our website for more bonus episodes as the series looks at resident burnout, the imposter syndrome, and what makes a good doctor overall. For Einstein Philadelphia, I'm Bill Fantini. Thanks for listening.